0: Okay. All right, let's get into the sermon. <laughs> I've never been more excited to start a sermon. <laughs> All right, so uh, we are starting a new series this month called Connections. Um, and the reason, part of the reason why I wanted to uh, do a series on Connections is be- partly because one, I think COVID has made people weird, like socially. Like, I don't know if you've noticed this, But maybe you have um, reconnected with people you haven't in a long time and all of a sudden they're like super socially awkward or maybe you've connected with people in a long time and then you yourself feel socially awkward, right? I don't know if you've gone to like a party or a gathering where, you know, there's like uh, 20 or more people involved and like it's you haven't experienced that kind of energy and excitement in a long time. So you just don't know what to do like you you like see people and you just say weird things like I've totally done that okay I see someone and I'm like hey how's your cat <laughs> I, don't, I kind of remember that person had a cat and I'm like why is that the first thing that comes out of my mouth you know <laughs> you know like or I'll, I'll see someone and be like hey do you still play pool and they're like no, I haven't played pulling like... Okay, so anyway, so the way that people are connecting and reconnecting is like weird, right? And I've noticed this a little bit this past week because this past week I was in Dallas. Um, Sunday night, I flew out last Sunday night uh, and I went into Dallas because I was there for our church denominations annual gathering, all right? And last year, it was all online. And so I didn't get to see any of these people that um, I've become friends with. A lot of like pastors and like church elders that um, uh, really care about our church and that I've become friends with. And I really miss them. Okay. And I really miss them. And um, it was really excited. I was really excited to see them. I haven't seen some of them in like two years. A lot of them who are parents, I forgot all of their kids' names. (laughs) I was like, oh, how's Billy? You mean Robert? (laughs) Oh, how's Miguel? Uh, You mean Joseph? (laughs) So, um, yeah, so I was like really awkward, like connecting with some of these people. And I also got to meet some new people, all right? Uh, And there's this one couple that I wanted to share with you about, okay? We'll call them Joe and Jane, okay? Not their real names, but let's just call them Joe and Jane. And Joe, came from this more conservative denomination, and he recently joined our denomination. Okay, our denomination is uh, Presbyterian and egalitarian. Okay, Presbyterian meaning like we believe in shared leadership, egalitarian meaning we also ordain women. Okay, we ordain women pastors and elders, and we actually have several uh, female lead pastors in our denomination. And so uh, he came from a denomination or a network that did not ordain women right and then as he was getting older this guy's in his late 50s as he was getting older he felt more and more convicted that ordaining women and women in leadership is biblical which it is okay and so um he was you know but he faithfully served in this other denomination for many many years okay he even served on like the head council of their like network and all of that stuff so he was deeply involved And so he found ways to, like, peacefully exit the denomination. He kind of um, uh, gave up his membership with that network. And, um, you know, everyone knew that he was moving on to this denomination that was egalitarian. And uh, as far as he knew, it was a very peaceful exit. He was invited back to one of their own annual gatherings, right? And he thought, oh, oh, maybe they're... Uh, maybe they just want to say their final goodbyes or something I don't know so he and his wife went to this annual gathering and there was a line item on one of the agenda meetings with him and his wife's name on it right and he's like oh that's kind of weird and then when they came to this line item uh, they said well Joe and Jane um, stand up in front of like hundreds of people right and so they're like, okay, they're standing up. And they said, uh, um, Joe and Jane uh, wanted to leave our network um, by their own accord, but we're not letting them. We're actually going to kick them out, right? So uh, we're, we're excom- excommunicating them because they are believing these unbiblical uh, doctrines <laughs> or beliefs. And so... Uh, and so a lot of it there, so this was mixed, okay? It was just like the people who were putting together the agenda that put this line item in there. But the, a lot of the friends that they had in the group were like pissed off. They're like, what the hell is this? Like, what are you doing, right? And so um, they were, obviously they were upset. So they just left in the middle of that meeting. And they were like, they knew they made the right decision by you know leaving. And uh, they, as they were sharing this story with me, I was getting mad for them, right, and then they were getting all worked up, and he was getting red, like, getting angry, like, just kind of reliving this experience and this trauma, and so uh, I was, like, so upset, and I was, like, uh, thinking, like, don't these guys have anything better to do than to, like, pick a fight with their own friends? Like, that's so stupid, like, and I, I don't know about you guys, but, like, I don't really have the energy or the time or the interest even to fight those kinds of petty fights anymore, right? I'm like like, like I shared with you all uh, or some of you earlier, like I stayed up late last night, like at the hospital grieving with family, family members who just lost their like matriarch. Um, that's where my energy's going. <laughs> You know, my energy is going here where I'm trying to like bring this community together, right? Um, Last month, my energy was going into like, trying to like get gifts for Angel Tree (laughs) Um, and uh, trying to like wrangle people together to try to like do some good work. That's where my energy is going. And because so much of my energy is trying to go to these, like what I think are, are, are good and noble causes, I don't have time to have, like, petty fights with people, right? And hearing this this couple share their horror story with me just made me realize that, like, every human being, every human being has some fight in them. You know what I'm saying? Right? Every human being has, like, some kind of fight in them, and it needs to be let out, okay? And it needs to be expressed, right? And it needs to be, like... um, outlet somehow, right? And it's this primal instinct to fight, okay? It's this primal instinct, this survival instinct that is inherent, I believe, in every human being, all right? Um, Even from like hunter-gatherer days, okay? If you think about like the human nature to survive or die, right? it's like inherent in us that we uh, need to fight, right? And you know, if you're like out in the wild and you know you're facing like these like wild animals or whatever, um, you, you, you need to be ready to fight. And um, this primitive nature, like kind of stayed with all of us, okay? it's it's still inherent in us. Um, and And we've been seeing it played out in various ways. Some people let out this like fight. Uh, in, like, competitive sports, right? This is why many, like, people like to engage in co- competitive sports. This is how they uh, outlet their uh, need to fight. Um, unfortunately, some people um, fight when it comes to, like, politics, you know? Uh, they like to fight people who disagree with them, who are on the other side of what, whatever political party they are. Some people fight through gossiping and putting others down, right? It's this inherent nature that people have, and they they need to let it out somehow, right? Or, you know, they let it out through, like, racism, right? Like, just hating on people who uh, come from a different ethnic background. And so everyone has some sort of fight in them. So the passage that we're going to look at today, it's from 2 Timothy chapter 4. What Paul is encouraging uh, his uh, disciples, Timothy, and the rest of us here today to do, is if you're going to fight, fight the good fight, okay? If you're going to fight, fight the good fight, okay? And today's passage comes from 2 Timothy, oh, this is on. Uh, chapter 4. All right, so I'm just going to read for us today. And for those of you online, it's probably difficult to read, so I'll just read for us out loud. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine, instead to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth And turn aside to myths, but you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of the evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering and the time of my departure is near. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I've kept the faith, now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Lord, as we um, observe the final words of Apostle Paul and what you have shared with the rest of us through his words, Lord, would you open our eyes and help us to look inward, look at our own hearts and see what are some resentment, some anger, some feuds that we are holding on to that we can maybe channel in healthier and holier ways, help us to be honest with ourselves and to um, look inward with clear eyes and sincerity. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. All right, so today we are looking at 2 Timothy, chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. And 2 Timothy is uh, the last letter that Apostle Paul wrote um, before he was executed. Now, there are many of his letters that he wrote when he was in prison where he wasn't sure of what his outcome was going to be. But this letter um, that he wrote to his disciple, Timothy, uh, who was in the city of Ephesus, leading the church in the city of Ephesus, this letter, Paul was absolutely certain that he was going to be executed, which is why in the last three verses, uh, he says, I am already being poured out like a drink offering. Okay, that means like, he's gonna lose his life. And the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, um, because the end of the race is near, right? The crown, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. So because this is Apostle Paul's final letter to Timothy, and Apostle Paul knows this, the words that he's going to say, the words that he's going to write down on this letter are of extreme importance, right? Like if you knew that you only had one more letter to write to your loved ones, you know, those words better than count, right? So he writes these words, right? And hopefully um, these words are also a testimony uh, for all other followers who would follow Jesus Christ to fight the good fight, just as Apostle Paul has. Now, uh, what Paul is saying, in, in either directly or indirectly, is that everyone, every human being in the world fights. Okay, And this is the first lesson that we can learn from uh, Paul's letter to Timothy, Okay, is that everyone fights, whether you're fighting a good fight or a bad fight. All right, everyone fights. Okay, everyone has uh, this inherent primitive nature sure. to survive, and so they have—they all have a fight in them. Okay, um, bad things happen, whether or not you live a good life, you will have to fight regardless. So why not fight the good fight? Why not fight a good fight that will make the world a better place and give you fulfillment? Okay, um, maybe. Most of you already know this, um, either explicitly or implicitly, maybe, you know, this like some, somewhere deep in your gut, but you weren't able to articulate it, like it's somehow in your subconscious. Right. So for, um, so in, uh, marriage, for example, right. If I don't fight for my marriage, I know we're going to have a lot of fights in our marriage. (laughs) So why not put the effort into trying to make the marriage work rather than like, because otherwise, Becky and I are just going to fight all the time, (laughs) right? Um, Last night, okay, while I was, okay, there was a uh, death at the hospital. And so the family members wanted to, uh, so at one of the hospitals where I work, um, Methodist Hospital uh, in Arcadia, they have this room called the viewing room where uh, the patient who recently passed away, um, that patient is there, okay, the body is there, and the family members can say their final goodbyes in this viewing room, really take their time. They often take hours, which is why I was there till the wee hours of the morning. And um, so that takes a long time, right? So I don't necessarily stay in that viewing room with the family the whole time. Sometimes I let them in, give them some privacy, and I leave. And so while I was there, I got paged again, like at midnight. Asking if I could go to a room on the second floor, right? Because a patient was like suicidal. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm here. I'm here at the hospital anyway, so I'll just go up to see her. And um, this patient, when I went to her room, she was like belligerent. She was upset. She was angry. She was yelling. And um, she recently got shot, like at the back of the head. Um, it didn't, you know, go all the way through, so it like skimmed her head, right? Uh, but, you know, um, it. she was unconscious, she was in a coma for a few days and she came out and she was, like, in pain, she was upset, and she was having, like, suicidal thoughts. And uh, she was talking about how, like, she was, she wasn't doing anything, she was just minding her own business, she was in, in this hotel room and, like, and someone, um, you know, came in and, like, like, shot her, right? And I was like, oh, that's horrible. But as, I, as she was sharing, right, I was like, oh, so I asked her, like, oh, what were you doing in the hotel room, right? And she said, okay, Pastor, I have to confess. I have to be honest. Um, I was trying to score some drugs. I was like, oh, okay. Okay. And so she was like, yeah, and so I, I, I was lying to you. I wasn't doing nothing. I was trying to do some drugs. But that doesn't, you know, deserve for me to get shot. And I was like, oh, absolutely not, right? And I was just, and, I was, uh, and, and I knew I was going to preach on this today, right? And I realized, oh my God, this woman is like suffering, right? She's suffering, but it's, unfortunately, it's like because of bad decisions that she made, right? Like everyone suffers, everyone goes through pain, right? So um, in another passage written, uh, it's, a, it's a letter that Apostle Peter wrote, okay, in First Peter chapter 2 verse 20 he says how is it credit how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for wrong and endure it but if you suffer for doing good and endure it it is commendable before god okay and then in the next chapter in first peter chapter 3 verse 17 he says for it is better if it is god's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil everyone suffers Right, everyone endures pain. Everyone fights, right? So why not fight the good fight? Because you'll at least make the world a slightly better place. You're doing God's will, and it leaves you feeling fulfilled, right? Because this is how God created us, and this inherent nature for us to fight—it is a God-given uh, instinct, okay? For survival, you know, when hunter-gatherer days. But now it's so that we can channel this energy that we have for doing good, okay? God gave us this energy, this like ability to fight so that we could channel it for doing good. Traditional Chinese medicine talks about this uh, in a different way, okay? And they call it human beings' uh, qi, okay? It's spelled qi, but it's pronounced qi. And um, medical doctor and integrative health expert, uh, by the, her name is uh, Taz Batia. she says, Qi is the energy current that runs through our bodies, providing us with circulation, nutrients, and minerals that we need to be whole. So every living thing has this Qi, right? Every living being has this energy within them. And the human being who can master their energy will get out of life what they put into it. Okay, the way you channel your energy uh, is the way you're going to um, get back from it. Uh, but the other key thing is, okay, if you're going to fight, fight the good fight, but the key is to fight patiently and carefully. Okay. Fight patiently and carefully. Okay, let me go back to our passage for today. Okay. It says, uh, verse two. All right. Preach the, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Verse two, this is what the good fight looks like, okay? To be prepared in season, out of season, correct, rebuke and encourage. But the key words here is right here, (laughs) with great patience and careful instruction. I am sure many of you have encountered those annoying religious folk who love to correct and rebuke, um, but they don't do it patiently (laughs) or carefully, right? They're just like brutally honest. There's this um, uh, columnist, his name is uh, Richard Needham. He said, "People people who love being brutally honest love the brutality more than the honesty, right? And so when you correct, rebuke and encourage, Right, You don't just do it like with a heavy hammer, okay? You correct by example. You rebuke patiently and encourage carefully, okay? You correct by example, meaning by your own life, okay? The best way that you can like guide or correct people is just by living a good life yourself, okay? Not through your words. Uh, When you rebuke, when you're trying to like... um, Uh, show someone, uh, the error of their ways, um, you want to do that patiently. Okay. Not with a heavy hammer, not with a heavy fist. Okay. And when you want, and when you're encouraging, you really want to encourage, um, carefully and deliberately. Okay. And lastly, uh, Jesus is the great fighter. Okay, in the beginning of today's passage, it talks, uh, Apostle Paul talks about how um, Jesus is going to be the great judge and he's going to award us on that day the crown of righteousness. And the only reason, the only reason why Jesus has the right to judge us is because he himself fought for us. He himself fought for us. He fought for those who could not fight for themselves. Jesus fought the religious leaders when they wanted him to condemn the adulterous woman. Jesus fought the wealthy businessmen when they were preventing the poor and the less fortunate from worshiping God in the temple. Jesus even fought his own disciples when they could not accept him sacrificing himself to death on the cross. And Jesus fought for all of us when he carried the weight of the world upon his shoulders on Calvary and fought to resurrect from the dead to give us new life. True freedom, genuine joy, and full satisfaction from life comes from learning how to wield our energy to fight the good fight of faith. Uh, In closing, I wanted to close with this one prayer. I stole this book from our the Methodist Hospital chaplain's office. Um, I like to look at this book. It's a really old book, as you can see. It's the Oxford Book of Prayer, and there's prayers from different traditions in here. And um, in between visiting patients, uh, I, I just grab this book and just open to a random page and just read a prayer for myself. And there's this one prayer in here by pastor and author Dietrich Bonhoeffer that I wanted to read for us today. And we'll close with this. So if you can join me and close your eyes. And as I read these words, may it be a prayer for yourself as well. And this was written while Dietrich Bonhoeffer was awaiting execution in a Nazi prison for uh, helping to liberate many people during World War II. Oh, God, early in the morning, I cry to you. Help me to pray and to concentrate my thoughts on you. I cannot do this alone. In me, there is darkness, but with you, there is light. I am lonely, but you do not leave me. I am feeble in heart, but with you, there is help. I am restless, but with you, there is peace. In me, there is bitterness, but with you, there is patience. I do not understand your ways, but you know the way for me. Restore me to liberty and enable me so to live now that I may answer before you and before me. Lord, whatever this day may bring, your name be praised. Amen.